Happy New Year! Not just liturgical, but now the calendar year as well. Here we are in January in 2024, starting off with our New Year's resolutions, trying to find a way to hold on to all of the things that we've promised to ourselves, how we were going to start fresh, how we are going to have a great new year, um, whether it be getting into better physical shape, being you know, more attentive to our families, um, or finding a greater meaning in our own spirituality. So it's a great time to see the readings that we've got this week. We're preparing to go into the true ministry of our Lord, uh, and we're not quite there yet. He's starting to teach. You're going to see he's out there uh, undertaking miracles, but mostly right now he's drawing people in. He's appealing to people who are challenged, who have lost faith, who don't know why they're in the situation that they are in in life today. We see this week uh, in the Old Testament, um, 1 Samuel going from his mother, Hannah, and his birth to uh, service in the temple to becoming a prophet of the Lord and ultimately to being denied by the very people that he was sent to save. In the New Testament, what we're going to see this week and it is in Mark, and it's the beginning of Jesus's ministry. Much as Samuel tried to bring together the Hebrews, we're going to see Jesus bringing together the people from Capernaum and then out into the broader Galilean region. We're pulling everyone together, having this gathering, having this this belonging, so that we can be prepared for the for the teachings and the the words that our Lord has to offer us over the coming weeks in ordinary time. Monday, January 8th, 2024, the baptism of the Lord. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord, all you who are thirsty, come to the water. You who have no money, come, receive grain and eat. Come without paying and without cost, drink wine and milk. Why spend your money for what is not bread, your wages for what fails to satisfy? Heed me, and you shall eat well. You shall delight in rich fare. Come to me heedfully, listen, that you may have life. I will renew with you the everlasting covenant, the benefits assured to David. As I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander of nations, so shall you summon a nation you knew not. And nations that knew you not shall run to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, who has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call him while he is near. Let the scoundrel forsake his way and the wicked man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord for mercy, to our God, who is generous and forgiving. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so high are my ways above your ways, and my thoughts above your thoughts. 
For just as from the heavens the rain and snow come down, and do not return there till they have watered the earth, making it fertile and fruitful, giving seed to the one who sows and bread to the one who eats, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. My word shall not return to me void, but shall do my will, achieving the end for which I sent it. The Word of the Lord. A reading from the Gospel according to Mark. This is what John the Baptist proclaimed. One mightier than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop and loosen the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. It happened in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized in the Jordan by John. On coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit like a dove descending upon him. And a voice came from the heavens, You are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Tuesday, January 9th, 2024. A reading from the first book of Samuel. Hannah rose after a meal at Shiloh and presented herself before the Lord. At the time, Eli the priest was sitting on a chair near the doorpost of the Lord's temple. In her bitterness, she prayed to the Lord, weeping copiously, and she made a vow, promising, O Lord of hosts, if you look with pity on the misery of your handmaid, if you remember me and do not forget me, if you give your handmaid a male child, I will give him to the Lord for as long as he lives. Neither wine nor liquor shall he drink, and no right razor shall ever touch his head. As she remained long at prayer before the Lord, Eli watched her mouth, for Hannah was praying silently. Though her lips were moving, her voice could not be heard. Eli, thinking her drunk, said to her, How long will you make a drunken show of yourself? Sober up from your wine. It isn't that, my Lord, Hannah answered. I am an unhappy woman. I have had neither wine nor liquor. I was only pouring out my troubles to the Lord. Do not think your handmaid a ne'er-do-well. My prayer has been prompted by my deep sorrow and misery. Eli said, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She replied, Think kindly of your maidservant, and left. She went to her quarters, ate, and drank with her husband, and no longer appeared downcast. Early the next morning, they worshipped before the Lord and then returned to their home in Ramah. When Elkanah had relations with his wife Hannah, the Lord remembered her. She conceived, and at the end of her term, bore a son, whom she called Samuel, since she had asked the Lord for him. The Word of the Lord. A reading from the Gospel according to Mark. Jesus came to Capernaum, 
with his followers, and on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and taught. The people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. In their synagogue was a man with an unclean spirit. He cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked him and said, Quiet, come out of him. The unclean spirit convulsed him, and with a loud cry came out of him. All were amazed and asked one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. His fame spread everywhere throughout the whole region of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Wednesday, January 10th, 2024. A reading from the first book of Samuel. During the time young Samuel was a minister to the Lord under Eli, a revelation of the Lord was uncommon and vision infrequent. One day Eli was asleep in his usual place. His eyes had lately grown so weak that he could not see. The lamp of God was not yet extinguished. And Samuel was sleeping in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. The Lord called to Samuel, who answered, Here I am. Samuel ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. I did not call you, Eli said. Go back to sleep. So he went back to sleep. Again, the Lord called Samuel, who rose and went to Eli. Here I am, he said, you called me. But Eli answered, I did not call you, my son. Go back to sleep. At that time, Samuel was not familiar with the Lord, because the Lord had not revealed anything to him as yet. The Lord called Samuel again for the third time. Getting up and going to Eli, he said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli understood that the Lord was calling the youth. So Eli said to to Samuel, Go to sleep, and if you are called, reply, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. When Samuel went to sleep in his place, the Lord came and revealed his presence, calling out as before, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant is listening. Samuel grew up, and the Lord was with him, not permitting any word of his to be without effect. Thus all Israel from Dan to Beersheba came to know that Samuel was an accredited prophet of the Lord. The Word of the Lord. A reading from the Gospel according to Mark. On leaving the synagogue, Jesus entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Simon's mother-in-law lay sick with a fever. They immediately told him about her. He approached, grasped her hand, and helped her up. Then the fever left her, and she waited on them. When it was evening after sunset, they brought to him all who were ill or possessed by demons. The whole town was gathered at the door. He cured many who were sick with various diseases, and he drove out many demons, not permitting them to speak because they knew him. Rising very early before dawn, he left 
and went off to a deserted place where he prayed. Simon and those who were with him pursued him, and on finding him said, Everyone is looking for you. He told them, Let us go on to the nearby villages, that I may preach there also. For this purpose have I come. So he went to their synagogues, preaching and driving out demons throughout the whole of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Thursday, January 11th, 2024. A reading from the first book of Samuel. The Philistines gathered for an attack on Israel. Israel went out to engage them in battle and camped at Ebenezer, while the Philistines camped at Aphek. The Philistines then drew up in battle formation against Israel. After a fierce struggle, Israel was defeated by the Philistines, who slew about 4,000 men on the battlefield. When the troops retired to the camp, the elders of Israel said, Why has the Lord permitted us to be defeated today by the Philistines? Let us fetch the ark of the Lord from Shiloh, that it may go into battle with us, and save us from the grasp of our enemies. So the people sent to Shiloh and brought from there the ark of the Lord of hosts, who is enthroned upon the cherubim. The two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were with the ark of God. When the ark of the Lord arrived in the camp, all Israel shouted so loudly that the earth resounded. The Philistines, hearing the noise of shouting, asked, What can this loud shouting in the camp of the Hebrews mean? On learning that the ark of the Lord had come into the camp, the Philistines were frightened. They said, Gods have come to their camp. They said also, Woe to us! This has never happened before. Woe to us! Who can deliver us from the power of these mighty gods? These are the gods that struck the Egyptians with various plagues and with pestilence. Take courage and be manly, Philistines. Otherwise, you will become slaves to the Hebrews, and as they were your slaves. So fight manfully. The Philistines fought, and Israel was defeated. Every man fled to his own tent. It was a disastrous defeat in which Israel lost 30,000 foot soldiers. The Ark of God was captured, and Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, were among the dead. The Word of the Lord. A reading from the Gospel according to Mark. A leper came to him, and kneeling down, begged him and said, If you wish, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand, touched the leper, and said to him, I do will it. Be made clean. The leprosy left him immediately, and he was made clean. Then, warning him sternly, he dismissed him at once. Then he said to him, See that you tell no one anything, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses prescribed. That will be proof for them. The man went away and began to publicize the whole matter. He spread the report abroad so that it was impossible for Jesus to enter a town openly. He remained outside in deserted places, and people kept coming to him from everywhere.
The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Friday, January 12th, 2024. A reading from the first book of Samuel. All the elders of Israel came in a body to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, Now that you are old and your sons do not follow your example, appoint a king over us as other nations have to judge us. Samuel was displeased when they asked for a king to judge them. He prayed to the Lord, however, who said in answer, Grant the people's every request. It is not you they reject. They were rejecting me as their king. Samuel delivered the message of the Lord in full to those who were asking for a king. He told them, The rights of the king who will rule you will be as follows. He will take your sons and assign them to his chariots and horses, and they will run before his chariot. He will also appoint from among them his commanders of groups of a thousand and of a hundred soldiers. He will set them to do his plowing and his harvesting and to make his implements of war and the equipment of his chariots. He will use your daughters as ointment makers, as cooks and as bakers. He will take the best of your fields, vineyards and olive groves and give them to his officials. He will tithe your crops and your vineyards and give the revenue to his eunuchs and his slaves. He will take your male and female servants, as well as your best oxen and your asses, and use them to do his work. He will tithe your flocks, and you yourselves will become his slaves. When this takes place, you will complain against the king whom you have chosen. But on that day, the Lord will not answer you. The people, however, refused to listen to Samuel's warning and said, Not so! There must be a king over us. We too must be like other nations, with a king to rule us and to lead us in warfare and fight our battles. When Samuel had listened to all the people had to say, he repeated it to the Lord, who then said to him, Grant their request and appoint a king to rule them. The Word of the Lord. A reading from the Gospel according to Mark. When Jesus returned to Capernaum after some days, it became known that he was at home. Many gathered together so that there was no longer room for them, not even around the door, and he preached the word to them. They came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. Unable to get near Jesus because of the crowd, they opened up the roof above him. After they had broken through, they let down the mat on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to them, Child, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there asking themselves, Why does this man speak that way? He is blaspheming. Who but God alone can forgive sins? Jesus immediately knew in his mind what they were thinking to themselves. So he said, Why are you thinking such things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise, 
pick up your mat and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins on earth. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your mat and go home. He rose, picked up his mat at once, and went away in the sight of everyone. They were all astounded and glorified God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Saturday, January 13th, 2024. A reading from the first book of Samuel. There was a stalwart man from Benjamin named Kish, who was the son of Abiel, son of Zeror, son of Bechorath, son of Athia, a Benjaminite. He had a son named Saul, who was a handsome young man. There was no other child of Israel more handsome than Saul. He stood head and shoulders above the people. Now the asses of Saul's father, Kish, had wandered off. Kish said to his son Saul, Take one of the servants with you and go out and hunt for the asses. Accordingly, they went through the hill country of Ephraim and through the land of Shalisha, not finding from them there. They continued through the land of Shalim without success. They also went through the land of Benjamin, but they failed to find the animals. When Samuel caught sight of Saul, the Lord assured him, This is the man of whom I told you. He is to govern my people. Saul met Samuel in the gateway and said, Please tell me where the seer lives. Samuel answered Saul, I am the seer. Go up ahead of me to the high place and eat with me today. In the morning before dismissing you, I will tell you whatever you wish. Then, from a flask he had with him, Samuel poured oil on Saul's head. He also kissed him, saying, The Lord anoints you commander over his heritage. You are to govern the Lord's people, Israel, and to save them from the grasp of their enemies round about. This will be the sign for you that the Lord has anointed you commander over his heritage. The Word of the Lord. A reading from the Gospel according to Mark. Jesus went out along the sea. All the crowd came to him, and he taught them. As he passed by, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the customs post. Jesus said to him, Follow me. And he got up and followed Jesus. While he was at table in his house, Many tax collectors and sinners sat with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. Some scribes who were Pharisees saw that Jesus was eating with sinners and tax collectors and said to his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus heard this and said to them, Those who are well do not need a physician, but the sick do. I did not come to call the righteous but sinners. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So let's start off thinking about 
the words from Andrew and the other disciple, as John the Baptist tells them to go forth, Andrew and the other disciple say, Rabbi, teacher, you know, we're, we're here to follow you. And I, I want to start off there because I think that that word rabbi, that acknowledgement of a teacher is something that really is the emphasis of the week. So what do you need to be an effective teacher? You need some level of charisma to make people want to hear you. You need to have something to say that's intelligent and, and, and uh, something that, you know, people feel con- is contributing to, to their lives and their understanding. But more than anything, just practically speaking, a teacher needs students. And so this week, as we prepare to understand Jesus's teachings and ministry, it really starts off with the gathering together of different people. So what I want to look at here are the the archetypes of the kinds of people that Jesus was gathering in. He was really adamant. I want to bring together people. He says to his disciples that, hey, we need to go out to other communities. This is what I'm here to do. I'm here to deliver my message to others. I'm here to preach to the communities. And so they need to seek people out. Well, I would offer that there are a handful of archetypes that um, of, of the people that Jesus is trying to gather and the tactic that he's trying to employ. So if we look to the uh, first book of Samuel at Hannah, or comparing her to, to Andrew a little bit, here are people who are desperate to hear the, the word from our Lord and have sought him out, that there's this great desire and they're interested in following from go. Well, this is an easy group to bring along. Um, and, and I don't mean to be dismissive, um, but frankly, they're in that, that kind of the fold of the 99 sheep in the parable of the shepherd that you're not nearly so worried about. It's that, it's that hundredth sheep that isn't there uh, in the broader flock. So, We'll just kind of put them aside, but look back to that same reading from first Samuel at where Eli was initially. Eli sees the desperation, the desire, the fervence and belief of Hannah. And he believes oh, she's drunk. How many times does someone say to you how desperate they are and you think maybe they're putting on a facade? These are the people that need to see the, the earnestness and the accuracy and the, the, the true belief of others in order to believe that they, they themselves should be there, that they should be a part of things. And keep, keep in mind, this is Eli. He was the priest in the temple, and his in, initial reaction is, um, she's not earnest. She needs to go sees this disheveled woman and just presumes that, you know, she was crawling in from whatever uh, lascivious behaviors she'd been a part of outside. And he comes to believe because she shows him just how uh, fervent her belief is. So we've got the, the, the true believers and we've got the people who want to believe, but need to know that that you yourself are earnest about your own belief. Now let's take it to, and, and the you in this case could be those around or, or the teacher ultimately. 
Then we've got the third category, which we see a lot of in the Gospels this week. The ones who needed a sign, who need to see that there was something more here. Well, if I'm if I'm looking at any kind of big um, entertainment, uh, conference, anything like that, how do I draw people in? I advertise. In Jesus' time, you don't necessarily put up a bunch of big billboards and, and putting out uh, uh, TV spots or radio spots. Instead, use word of mouth. And what's going to be more convincing than to appeal to people's most basic needs? He's healing a leper who, by the way, he even said, please don't mention this to others. Um, at this point in time, he probably had a handful. He, he had the numbers coming. The leper has heard um, and heard him and, and says, hey, can you heal me? I believe in you. Yes, I'm going to do that. Just keep it between us. And, and the next thing you know, Jesus can't go into any town and uh, eat quietly with his friends. He's having to go out to deserted places. We see the the paralytic lowered down through the ceiling. Um, it's always a, a, a great story that we hear on a handful of times during the course of the liturgical year. And upon people seeing that, um, it, it, it causes them to truly be drawn in even further. And then of course the recognition the, or the, the note that he and his disciples then went out through the broader communities, um, sending out uh, the demons and such. So, You've got this, this group that really needs to have some kind of an advertisement. They're interested. Um, you just need to, know, to let them know where to look. And then you've got the couple of groups that I think are a little bit more difficult to work to talk about. One is really prominent in 1 Samuel in the reading on Friday, where the Philistines have, have routed the Hebrews, and by, by the devastation of their belief, the challenging of their belief, keep in mind that the Philistines also took the Ark of the Covenant in that route, the Hebrews say, we need a king. They've lost their faith and are drifting away. And the Lord even says to Samuel, listen, don't take it hard. This isn't a criticism of you. This is that they've lost their faith in me. Warn them, but ultimately, who are you to try to, to tell them that they can't have a king? Now, what did the king represent to them? It represented someone that they could see, that they could touch, that, that was right there, and that they could put their faith in because they couldn't, they didn't feel that they could put their faith anymore in our Lord based on being let down. Samuel tried to call them back, and they they wouldn't hear it. Now, of course, then they're going to go on into the period of the kings with Saul and David, ultimately. But it, it took having someone there who they could put their confidence in um, to really go back to, to trusting. So that's that fourth archetype. And then the fifth is perhaps the most challenging. We see it in the form of the Philistines. Keep in mind that the Philistines, they really believed in the Lord. When the Ark of the Covenant came from Shiloh to Ebenezer, 
the Philistines were terrified. They heard the, the loud screaming and the excitement, the celebration from the Hebrews. And the Philistines were the ones who were immediately like, we're going to lose this. How are we to win in a situation similar to, to what the Egyptians faced? I read a, a book a number of years ago. It was, um, it was on exorcism. I was curious about the rite of exorcism and what the Catholic Church really believes beyond what we see in the dramatization of movies. And I, there's one portion of the book that really stood out to me. In meeting with people who were um, following black arts, possessed, um, in, you know, involved in, in um, religious Satanism, things like that, the thing that the author recognized is that many times these were the people that believed most in our Lord in all the wrong ways, in seeking the desecration of the Eucharist in seeking to expunge the good that the Lord does in the world. So this, this final group we see in the form of the Philistines, we see certainly in the first reading we get from uh, Mark this week when, when Jesus sees this unclean spirit and draws this unclean spirit out of the man. These are the people who even with belief, have allowed their, we'll call them proverbial, if not real demons, to take control of their lives. And it's really about stripping them away from those. So Jesus is out here trying to gather people together, using all the tools in his tool belt, seeing these five, five archetypes of people and saying, how can I touch them so that they're confidence in coming to me and listening to what I have to say. I've got to get their ears open before I start telling them what it is that I, I'm here to, to tell them. And so it, it ultimately leaves me with the what I think is one of the most beautiful uh, lines in the Bible. When in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus says, those who are well do not need a physician but the sick do. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. He says this as he's sitting around a table, having an intimate moment with his, his closest friends and a bunch of tax collectors who are basically shills for the, the Roman empire and sinners, people who have been cast out by the broader society. He says, I'm here for them. So we, we, we look over all of these people and say, you know, before we get too judgmental with anyone on the way they've lived their lives or anything along those lines, what does it take to gather them back in, to bring them back in, to bring them to the Lord? How would he look at it? We can use those same tools that he used, advertising through our own good deeds drawing people away from the, the demons that have come to plague their lives, or just showing them the earnestness of our own belief.
So as we go into next week and we prepare ourselves to listen to the teachings that Jesus had to offer, the true beginning of his ministry, I just want to call back to Samuel's words. If we see those that could be gathered in, if we see the Lord calling us to do something, are we prepared to say, Lord, your servant is listening? Thanks be to God. Thank you.